One, two, three. Welcome to Highest Potential with Dr. Steve Pettit, a podcast that explores how Bob Jones University empowers individuals to reach their highest potential for God's glory. Thank you for joining me today for a new episode of Highest Potential. I'm Steve Pettit, president of Bob Jones University. Over the years, we have been blessed to have many alumni who've taken what they've learned from BJU, and they've gone on to do some great things. I really enjoy this podcast because it gives me an avenue to talk to some of these people and to have them share their stories with you. And today, I have the opportunity to talk to Asa Hutchinson a 1972 BJU grad and the current governor of Arkansas. Governor Hutchinson has served as the governor of Arkansas since 2015. In 1982, at the age of 31, he was appointed by Ronald Reagan as the U.S. Attorney for the United States Western District of Arkansas. He later served in the U.S. House of Representatives. He was appointed as the administrator of the Drug Enforcement Administration and led the Border and Transportation Security Division for the Department of Homeland Security. Governor Hutchinson and his wife Susan have four children, and I'm thankful for Governor Hutchinson's testimony, and I'm also grateful that he took the time to join me for this episode. So please listen to our discussion right now. Well, thank you, sir, and I really, really appreciate it. And thank you for being with us today uh, on Highest Potential. And uh, first of all, we, we want you to just uh, share a little bit of your background and, and your in your Christian testimony, how you came to the Lord, and uh, love to hear that. Well, sure. And of course, uh, uh, being from Arkansas, I'm a native. Uh, I grew up on a farm uh, up in northwest Arkansas, a small town called, called Gravit, out on the Spavanaugh Creek. It was a wonderful uh, time in life. Uh, but... My mom and dad, uh, when I was the youngest of six children, wanted to make sure that I had an opportunity to be exposed to the gospel. And so uh, whenever I was in uh, grade school, uh, I started going to what we call giant fighters. There was a a young pastor that graduated from uh, John Brown University that was working with uh, these 12-year-old kids, and uh, we were playing uh, soccer. We were building go-karts, playing football. He had one arm, but he had a passion for kids, and he knew how to do sports even with one arm. But every day, uh, every week when we met, he would have us to memorize a verse of Scripture. And so the first week, it was Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The next week, it was Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Well, what he was doing was planning through the Word of God, the Romans road to salvation. Yes, sir. And so God God worked in my heart, and even at a young age, I realized I was a sinner and needed a Savior. And so it was through the ministry of a person, uh, a pastor who uh, spent time with kids and, and uh, related to them, and it was through the Word of God and how that worked in my heart. And uh, so blessed with that day, and I've stayed in touch with that pastor uh, who uh, started me off on a good path uh, knowing the Lord. Wonderful. So how'd you, how'd you end up coming to Bob Jones University? That's a super question. And 
as I was a teenager, we were in uh, Springdale, and I had a Bob Jones graduate uh, that was uh, my pastor, and uh, Reverend Carl Tuning was his name. Great Bible teacher, super Bible teacher. He went to Bob Jones, and so as I struggled as a uh, uh, as a teenager, uh, they talked to my parents and said, you know, Bob Jones would be really good for him, and. And you know me, I wanted to get out of state. I thought that'd be a good opportunity. My brother went there uh, the year before, so uh, I took off to uh, Bob Jones based upon the influence of a pastor, a former graduate, and uh, and something inside of me also told me that this would be good for me. Uh, you know, uh, and and it probably would. Uh, give me a better foundation for the future. So when you came here, uh, you came in, was it 68 or 69? Oh, I did. It was the height of the uh, uh, Vietnam War. Mm. Uh, it was the time of campus protest. Uh, it was uh, the, the time that we had two national assassinations uh, in 68. And then, it, you know, the violence continued in 69. So it was a very tumultuous time in our nation and and for young people and and so I came in 69 and I I joked that I didn't know what I wanted to be so I picked accounting as my major because it was the first uh, major listed alphabetically in the catalog <laughs> you picked and, one of uh, the easier ones <laughs> uh, and so I was four years into accounting at Bob Jones and then I got into debate and that debate uh, topic caused me to go to uh, a law library, I believe it was at Clemson Law, law Library, and started reading cases. And I fell in love with the law and said, forget accounting, I'm going to go to law school. And uh, that was, a, you know, all through my experience at, at Bob Jones, uh, uh, which changed uh, dramatically in my life from accounting to law and uh, got a good education along with it. So when you uh, look back at your time here at, at BJU, and of course, uh, uh, we have well over, I think we have about 45,000 graduates now and over the years, and everybody has their own experience, and we call it the snapshot of BJU in their mind. What do you feel like were some of the most important things you took away from, from being a student here? Wow, there's so much. I mean, first of all, Bible doctrines where we memorized the scripture. I still have my Bible doctrines book by Thiessen, Systematic Theology. Mm. And uh, that, that, you know, gives you, uh, you know, a strong skeleton to build your faith on and, and to uh, strengthen yourself every day. Uh, but it was also, uh, you know, the society uh, atmosphere. I played soccer there and that helped to, uh, uh, you know, build, my leadership actually. And then I worked in the gymnasium and I tell this story to today. People ask me all the time as governor, uh, how do you become a good leader? And I said, you can learn leadership in doing a lot of different things in life. My first opportunities in leadership was on the cleaning crew in the gymnasium. Hmm. I had five workers that reported to me. I was the crew chief and I learned about management by encouragement uh, inspection and the importance of that, uh, the follow-up, the supply chain. And uh, so, you know, that experience in work was uh, important to me as well. Then, of course, I did meet my uh, uh, bride there at uh, Bob Jones. Uh, Susan was a 
a biology major, and uh, we didn't meet until like the last six months of school. And you ought to hear her tell the story of how Dr. Fremont encouraged uh, her to uh, be a little bit more bold in trying to find a guy. Nice. <laughs> and so, and so she nabbed me and, uh, uh, oh, what a great uh, love story that we've had. Uh, and we met at Bob Jones. Well, it's, uh, I always tell Bob Jones graduates, if you got your wife here, be very, very thankful for what the Lord's given you. Cause there's so many people, you know, that have experienced that blessing. So you, you graduated and share with us just an overview of your journey to, you know, your political road uh, where I'm super curious about that and how you became the governor of Arkansas. <laughs> well, it was not an easy path and there's a lot of unusual twists and turns. You know, I, you know, if you heard my uh, introduction uh, uh, to an audience, uh, it would probably include the fact that I was appointed by President Reagan as the youngest United States attorney at the age of 31. Uh, I uh, got elected to the United States Congress. I was a state party chairman. I served in the Bush administration uh, in the, as head of the DEA and then a number two or three person at Homeland Security as undersecretary. Uh, so, and then I came back and got elected governor of Arkansas. Now, what that background does not tell you is that I lost my first three statewide races for office. Mm. Uh, I... And so I've I've had some a lot of downtimes in the political arena. I was running as a Republican in a at that time a blue state. We didn't have a Republican Party, and uh, and so I lost my first race in 1986 for the for the U.S. Senate. Uh, I uh, lost my first race for governor, and I lost a race for attorney general. And it's very unusual for someone to have three losses like that and then to be able to have the opportunity to get elected, well, to high office, such as Congress and, uh, uh, and as governor. Uh, and so uh, I've been blessed, and uh, the Lord's taught me every step of the way uh, to uh, understand that what I am doing was making a difference, and that even though it's a very unusual path and a challenging path to get here, that uh, by the time I got to be governor, I was the most prepared governor that we've ever had in history. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've, I've served, you've heard the different positions that I've served and what a joy it's been for me to be able to work at the federal level uh, in uh, Homeland Security after 9-11, uh, trying to protect our country from a terrorist attack uh, to uh, head up to the DEA. And then, uh, then in the private sector here, uh, after I lost my first uh, race for governor, uh, I worked and I was blessed by that. And then uh, eight years later, I got elected governor and I'm in my second term now. Wow, that is a, that's a tremendous story. And in, in this course, you you meet thousands of people, especially in, in the state of Arkansas. And I'm sure you love Arkansas. I'm from South Carolina, so I have a deep love for this state. Uh, what is what are some of the most uh, rewarding and fulfilling things that you've done as the governor? There's so many, and you look at being governor, and, and there, what motivates me to be in politics to begin with is my Christian faith that you want to make a difference while you're here on this earth in the lives of people that you're around and to influence it in the right direction for uh, 
you know, for, for God and, and uh, the values that we hold dear. And so that can be done in two ways in the political arena, by good policy. And so it's been rewarding to me to uh, uh, sign pro-life legislation. Uh, it's been rewarding to me to improve education and teacher salaries and computer science education. Uh, but, you know, some of the biggest joys uh, is, comes from the personal interaction. And that's where God allows you to have some of the biggest blessings for yourself and hopefully blessings for others. And so it could be uh, just uh, helping someone who's struggling in life with uh, a challenge that they have with the government, or it could be a fifth grader that comes in and wants to sit in the governor's chair and you're able to treat them well and inspire them for a lifetime. Mm. So it's the joy of people that uh, uh, really makes this job fun for me. Uh, you know, in terms of policy, you know, we've lowered taxes. I've had to manage through this uh, pandemic that no one expected. And, and uh, that's been gratifying to me because it was the biggest stress uh, and challenge to my leadership skills that I've ever had and I hope never to have again. Right. Uh, but uh, it's been a good uh, six years and I've got a couple more years left and we want to finish strong. Wow, that's uh, I I totally understand the challenges we faced them here in a in a university setting, and God has been very uh, merciful to us to help us. Uh, I I'd like to ask this kind of in closing, um, Governor, if you don't mind, and that is that um, you know this is a, a, a tumultuous time in many ways uh, in our country, um, and and as a Christian uh, in politics. How would you encourage uh, the people of God today, Christian people that are they're, they're, they're all over the place in, in how to how to respond to, to government and what you you know, if you were to sit in front of a group of Christian people, you say, here's what I want to encourage you folks to do. What would what would that be? Well, I mean, first of all, uh, let's pray for our leaders, because when you pray for them. Uh, it shapes your heart as well, and we're also commanded to do that. You know, in term, and that includes the president, whether we agree or not, uh, and that in, it includes your governor. And from my standpoint, I always ask for two prayers, and one is that uh, I will for wisdom. Uh, I need the wisdom that comes that the Book of James refers to, mm. the wisdom that is from above. I need the wisdom that helps me to see eternity's values and wisdom that deals in human affairs. And then I need to be, uh, I pray for me being a good steward. I've been a, this is a unique opportunity to be in public office and I want to make it count. I want to be a good steward, but in the broader context of uh, our Christian faith and, and the Christian family, uh, we need to participate. And when I say participate, it's generally voting. Mm -hmm. But we need to be as knowledgeable a voter as we can. And that's hard in this environment with all the false information out there and, and uh, uh, confusion and the Internet. But we need to make the best judgments that we can with information. And then uh, I think it's important that we tolerate. Uh, we're in, as Christians in the political arena, uh, with a biblical worldview, but we have to work with people that have different perspectives and we have to uh, make judgments based upon how we're going to 
uh, move our country in the right direction for terms of freedom, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, love and compassion. And sometimes uh, uh, we forget that tolerance part and that uh, we, we have a, 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 a an edge that uh, makes us ineffective. And so uh, that we've got a lot of division in our country and Christians don't need to add to that division. We need to somehow add to unity and and some tolerance as at the same time that we're standing very firm on the principles that uh, uh, God wants us to hold to. Well, those are the, all, all of those things are challenging and to be able to do it with a solid balance is a, is a, we really need the grace of God today. So governor, thank Thank you for taking the time in, in your busy schedule. Can I pray for you right now and for the state of Arkansas? I would be very grateful. Thank you. Lord, we thank you so much for Governor Hutchinson. We thank you for the state of Arkansas. We pray for your grace and blessing to be upon him. Give him the wisdom that he needs to make the kind of decisions that will uh, strengthen the state, make it a solid state. We we pray for uh, the people of the state that you would bless them, and, and particularly for the blessing of God on the preaching of the gospel through local churches and the scores of Christians that are there. Thank you for his influence and thank you for grace in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, governor, for your time. Well, absolutely. Say hello to governor McMaster. He's a longtime friend of mine. And, uh, well, we love, we love him here in South Carolina and we support him and he's been a blessing through this pandemic. Yeah, he's he's a good man, good man. I love. He's had a, a lot of ups and downs in politics, just like I have. Well, I'm sure, and we we we're we're very super grateful for him. So thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Highest Potential with Steve Pettit. Don't forget to find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.